Welcome to Celebrating Act Two. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Welcome everybody back to uh, Celebrating Act Two with our special guest Manny Pacheco and uh, my favorite friend Art Kirsch, the movie lover. Hello, John. Hello, Manny. Hello. So, so Manny, you are a font of knowledge about everything forgotten about Hollywood. Uh, and I was thinking that the uh, Roger Corman was the king of B-movies. Tons of really great stuff. Gave a lot of people their start. But he wasn't the first. And I bet there is a load of people that were creating B-movies far before Roger. Uh, do you know maybe one or two of them? Well, before I mention one or two, let me explain to an audience what I might be saying to themselves. Well, what the heck is a B-movie? Because it is something that really is forgotten. Back in the day, our families were able to take us out, let's say in the 1940s, 50s, and even into the 1960s, for an afternoon at the movie theater. And that would include two movies, the main feature and then the B-movie. It would also include a newsreel and a cartoon. We could go to the movies on a Sunday, let's say at noon, and after two movies, that newsreel and that cartoon, we would not be leaving the movie theater until maybe 6 or 7 p.m. So it became an entire uh, afternoon of fun, and it was a reason to look forward to Sunday after a day at church. So, uh, yeah, a morning at church, actually. But, you know, the whole point of the matter is that exactly was the B-movie. It was the undercard in any kind of presentation. These were the movies that weren't as good, smaller budgets, and didn't have actors uh, with the last names of Bogart or Hepburn or McMurray or, or even Gable or Tracy. So um, you would find some interesting actors, and they became famous in their own right. People like William Bendix. And here's a nugget for you. How about the queen of the B-movies, Lucille Ball? How about that? Lucille wow. Ball? Yeah, she really? would make more B-movies than just about any woman in Hollywood history. No so kidding. She, yeah, she became the queen of, of the B-movie. And that's one of the reasons why she turned to television, because she desperately wanted to be in those major movies, but she was confined to the B-movie. But I will tell you, there's an early entry back in 1939 that I would like to mention. Great movie, mostly in any other year, might have been considered a frontline movie. It consisted of uh, an ensemble of stars. There was no real star to this movie. But it came out in that magic year of 1939, and it just could not compete with Gone with the Wind or Wuthering Heights or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or The Wizard of Oz. It was a great little nugget called Five Came Back. It is the forerunner of the disaster film. It was a plane that crashes into the uh, Amazon. And they were bold enough to tell you how the movie is going to end. Five came back. <laughs> and if there's nine... Uh, uh, characters in the movie, you know that four of them are going to die. <laughs> and it featured a, an ensemble that that really, really excels. Uh, Joseph Kalia really does a remarkable job as the bad guy or the anarchist who emerges as the hero. Uh, John Carradine, uh, also uh, uh, Chester, um, uh, Chester Morris, uh, Patrick Knowles, 
Wendy Berry, and of course, as I mentioned before, Lucille Ball as a blonde. And uh, it's uh, just a remarkably, really, uh, just such a good movie. Uh, and it is the forerunner for movies like Airport and Earthquake and and all of the disaster movies that would come 40 years later. Great B-movie. And, you know, I actually look forward to B-movies when I'm watching late-night TV, let's say around 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. I think John is shaking his head. So I'm sure <laughs> you have a B-movie yep. that you turn to. When uh, when you're when you're you just can't sleep and you want to watch an old movie. Yeah. So, so yeah. a question for you, uh, Manny, of all the B movies, because of the lower budgets and uh, not known stars, have any of them actually be become a contender or actually won an Academy Award? You know, that's a remarkable question. You know, um, I don't know that they would naturally would win an Academy Award, but I'm sure some of them were probably, especially in the early years, because. Uh, they just didn't quite have it together as to how to vote for the Academy Awards. So I could see some of the movies actually getting nominated. As far as winning goes, I know that small movies were nominated and what Marty's a great example, but I'm not I, I'm not convinced that Marty was a B movie. I think that was that was a very celebrated uh, television movie that became a um, that became a, a, a pretty darn good uh, a movie of its own right, even though it was on a small budget. Awesome. Um, also, Manny, I think if you, were, if you were in the undercard, I just don't see that a movie would would have been nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, I think that Marty came out pretty much at the end of the B movie era, anyway. Yeah, uh, that's but true. I I wanted to follow up with Art's question. There must have been because now, in retrospect, we are watching these B movies, and a lot of people don't recognize that they were um, they were made to be filler. Right. They were made to be undercard. They were made cheaper and with stars that were under contract and uh, didn't cost a lot of money. Um, but in retrospect, some of those movies have become uh, very, very popular. They've become cult classics. And even though they might not have won Academy Awards, they have become more famous than some of the A movies that they played with. Can you Absolutely. think of any of those kinds of movies? Well, I can think of a, a relatively modern example, believe it or not, it, it, from the 1970s, a movie that just didn't quite uh, come up to snuff and now is hailed and regarded as one of the all-time great comedies, Harold and Maude. That was oh. a big movie. It, it, you know, it, it, nobody in their right mind was ever going to cast Ruth Gordon as a lead for any movie. <laughs> she was a supporting actor, and before that, she was a writer of of. of great comedies for Katherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. She was not a star of her own making. And then to put an unknown like Bud Court, yes. I mean, this movie was just destined to fail, and it did. However, when it started returning to those art house uh, uh, theaters, like the New Art Theater in, in, in West L.A., and it started showing uh, on a weekly, if not, or monthly basis, and not a daily basis, it developed a a cult following in the same way that let's say a Rocky horror show would develop a cult following. And guess what? Now it is revered as one of the all time great comedies. Another small budget. I'm not sure it, it would be called a B movie, but it, and it had a major star and it had some great character actors, but never really did well at the box office, barely broke even, uh, was not considered all that important. Uh, especially in light of what it was up against, is it's a wonderful life. It was never considered a really big movie. 
Really? Uh, it was kind of a comeback movie for James Stewart to get his feet back on the ground after he returned from the war. Wow. Um, it, they were lucky enough to get a couple of nominations for an Academy Award, but the movie was never going to compete with the best years of our lives, which was really a high-powered mm. A movie that also turned out to be an all-time classic. But in its own right, let's face it, It's a Wonderful Life is now a, 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 an annual Yuletide classic. So Yeah, yeah. But as far as the smaller movies, I still go back to Five Came Back. If you really want to see one of the best movies of, of, of any genre, that's the movie. I will tell you this, though, John. Some of the great film noirs that wanted to replicate the success of uh, The Postman Always Rings Twice or Double Indemnity or Asphalt Jungle. Uh, the Dark Corner, fabulous B movie. Again, featuring Lucille Ball. I mean, her name is going to pop up through these B, B, B movies like you would not believe. Uh, but a lot of these, uh, the, the strange loves of Martha Ivers is a B movie. But they were they managed to capture Van Heflin, and um, and uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Although Barbara Stanwyck was ready to make the transition at that point to television, so I, I, I'm telling you, the, the film noir was a great area where you'd find some terrific B yeah. movies. But, but you know, Manny, all these uh, uh, B movies with, let's say, Lucille Ball, which I, I watch from time to time uh, in the afternoon if I, you know, just passing by and want to watch something light and fluffy and Southern. Uh, you know, yeah. whole Southern, series of yeah. those movies. They're actually, they're fun. They're light. They're fluffy. All the Andy Rooney movies, which are certainly not B movies because they were stars, but they're all the same, light and fluffy, whether they had stars well, or not. You know, Andy Rooney was a major was a major series, but it did spawn a lot of what you call uh, B movie like movies. For example, the whole Henry Aldridge series mm. of forgotten. Uh, Andy Andy Hardy like films. Nobody remembers Henry Aldridge anymore, but it was a real successful B movie series. And as a matter of fact, the whole Blondie and Dagwood was a B movie series. The whole Blondie thing. Also, um, the the Bowery Boys. You know, the East Side Kids. You know, yeah. Leo Gorsi and Hunts Hall. B movies that were very very successful. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on with these these series of films. Even even which began as a B-movie series, uh, but then became very, very popular, the Dr. Kildare series with Lou Ayers and uh, Lionel Barrymore. Yeah. So th th if, if you wanted to have great B-movies that you could enjoy on a Saturday matinee, those uh, the Flash Gordon series of movies were B-movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Manny, you mentioned the Bowery Boys, and, and I recall as a kid watching a lot of these, what we are now, what were technically then made to be the undercard, the, the B movie in a in an era when you would get two features and a newsreel and a cartoon, um, they all mo made the transition to television. They were cheap. That's right. As as the theaters were moving away from a five hour show into a you know hour and a half to two hour uh, movie, so they could play it continuously. Right. And and make more sell more tickets. Television was rising up, and television needed stuff to put on the air. B movies, television, perfect. Yeah. Television bought a lot of those old movies, and um, I started my career uh, directing shows that were what were technically wraparounds for the B movies. And the uh, first, and the first package that they bought was probably the Gene Autry series of movies. Mm -hmm. Cowboys, old detectives, serials. Mm -hmm. Captain mm -hmm. Winslow of the Navy, 
Uh, <laughs> Gordon. Uh, yes. All of that stuff became fodder for early television. Absolutely. And then, of course, television developed and, and, and was able to actually produce their own, Walt Disney being a, a major part of that. But um, it, it made me think, as you mentioned that, that we're really the the B movies of yesteryear. Today we don't know that they were B movies. No, we don't. They're and just be, old movies. That's because of of, of uh, local programming like the Million Dollar Movie or the Fabulous Fifty Two on on CBS or or KNXT, um, and they would show wonderful, even classic science fiction. The Four D Man. I married a monster from yes. outer space. The Killer Shrews. Yeah. Nobody in anybody's circle of friends are going to say these were top-notch films. The titles were, were campy. So there, there was just no chance that there was going to have a big budget. Even The Blob was a B-movie, if you think about it. Sure. Steve, Steve McQueen was not a star at the time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah, the, the, the science fiction monster movies were also considered B-movies. But, you know, it made stars of some very interesting people. For example, special effects artist Ray Harryhausen. Was yep. brought in to do some wonderful work, like Jason and Special. the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah, the Jason and the Argonauts stuff, and uh, yeah, you know what? B movies have their place, and they have their stars, and they have their fans, and I think that's where I should leave it. Okay. Yeah, that's- yeah. Today, today, the movies that are made a little cheaper, and maybe without stars that you'd recognize, we call them independent films. Yes, and they and always that- run around March or April, as opposed to. September or October. But one thing is for sure, as an expert on B movies, you are definitely a list. You're, <laughs> you're definitely, you're definitely a, a star billing about whether it be B movies or beyond. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Manny, again for an amazing, wonderful session. Just, a, I just love. Well, you you actually do have a voice made for radio. Because you are uh, on the radio as well, so uh, it's just it's wonderful to listen to you and have you retell. Uh, actually, just pull out of your well all these wonderful memories of things that are forgotten by everybody about Hollywood. So thank you. Well, I, I'm pulling it out of from somewhere. I just don't know <laughs> the world. No, we don't want to <laughs> go too much there. too much information. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, everybody, you've got to go to Manny's website, which is www.forgottenhollywood.com, or and read his blogs mm-hmm. and if, uh, if you want to and binge buy his books or if you want to binge watch his series go to youtube channel of celebrating act two uh, while you're there you can subscribe as well but there's a playlist of uh, uh, manny's uh, interviews with us and, and conversations with us and you could just spend an entire day now uh, watching uh, manny over and over and over again and getting all this great stuff that it's forgotten to Hollywood and most of the rest of the world. So thank you for helping us remember. So I think with that, we should um, exit stage left rather quickly. See ya. Say goodbye, Manny. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more on Celebrating Act Two, visit our webpage, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell your friends. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Thank you.